Welcome back to the Stick 'em Up podcast. Brundy, what's been going on in the league recently? Um, well, not a whole lot. Uh, kind of the biggest news, which is going to be the first thing we're going to dive into, is the Edmonton Oilers uh, fired Jay Woodcroft. They cut ties with him, and uh, they have moved on to a new uh, new head coach. Um, I'm blanking on his name again here um Chris Knoblauch yeah yeah so he was Bob McDavid's uh former coach back when he played in the Erie with the Erie Otters in the OHL uh again this is kind of another move that the Oilers are doing based around McDavid uh I, you got to assume that McDavid obviously had his his say in the matter. Um, this is kind of a very, you know, out there uh, hiring. Um, I don't know what, like, kind of what. What are your thoughts? Uh, well, so I know that uh, not only has McDavid officially said that uh, he was not. Not only was he not in the process of helping them find the, uh, this new coach, but he allegedly also didn't know that uh, Woodcroft was getting fired when he did. So and I, he said that he's pretty annoyed that people think he's like pulling those strings behind the scenes. That being said, it's Connor freaking McDavid. If he says to do something, you, you'll probably just do it, right? So it's, it's really hard to know for sure what's going on but mm -hmm. as far as he says he has he had no idea okay see and that that's um i've seen a lot of things that people within the oilers system are a lot of them are upset at this when I, I even feel like the fact that mcdavid didn't even have a say in this just shows that the oilers are literally doing everything they can to make McDavid happy to keep him here. And I think that's because they realize that there's a realistic chance that they could lose him if things don't turn around. Like they went out and made his agent. I think, what is he now? The president of hockey operations and now bringing in yeah. his former coach. Um, just a little bit of background about Chris Knobloch. Um, so he did play in the WHL back in his younger days. He ended up going on to the university of Alberta to play um, pretty shortly after he finished um, up at the, up at the university of Alberta, he went to on to be an assistant coach only uh, two years later with the Prince Albert Raiders um, before the following season, going on to be the assistant coach of the Kootenai ice. And his first season as head coach of the Kootenai ice, they ended up winning um, the Western Hockey League going to them, unfortunately, did not win that year. Um, the following season, uh, again, with the Kootenai Ice, they lost in round one. And he was, I got this from uh, someone I know. He uh, was coaching the Kootenai Ice. And when the Kootenai Ice found out that he was negotiating with the University of Alberta to coach there, they ended up firing him. 
which eventually um, led to him going to to coach in the Erie Otters, which he ended up winning the OHL championship with them in the 2016-2017 season. So that is um, after McDavid had had already been drafted and left. Uh, then after he was done with Erie, he went to be an assistant coach with the Philadelphia Flyers for a couple years. Went and joined the Hartford Wolfpack. That is the New York Rangers AHL team. Uh, was the head coach there for three or yeah, oh four four seasons, and now he's now he's with Edmonton. But it's, it's kind yeah, of just a, a decent resume. Like it's not like they're hiring this guy who has been in the OHL for a bit and and nothing else, for sure. Yeah, um, I found it funny. Someone uh, pointed out that. He couldn't even win the Memorial Cup with the Erie Otters when they had Dylan Strom, who was a beast in 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 the OHL. It didn't fully translate to the NHL level um, quite as we thought, but still a, a terrific player in the OHL. So Dylan Strom, Connor McDavid, Alex DeBrinket, Darren Radish, Travis Dermott, uh, Taylor Radish, uh, Mason Marchment. I believe no, Sorelli was uh he joined after. But I mean still like a lot of lot of good talent he's he's had yeah. in Erie Otters and, and helped them uh reach that next next level for them. He also coached uh Eric Chernak when he was with the the Erie Otters. Uh he's, he's, he's coached a lot of a lot of players that have gone on to be very successful. NHL players, so I think there is something to be said that he he is good with younger players and helps younger players maybe take that next step or transition yeah. or prepare them to transition to the NHL a bit better. Um, absolutely. Like the not what not only is that a lot of NHL players you just listed, a lot of them are really good NHL players. Yeah, like, that's that's some that's a decent pedigree there. What are what are your kind of initial thoughts on it? Do you think it was the right move for for the Oilers to to fire Woodcroft, or do you think they should have given him a bit more of a, a chance? Or what what's your kind of thoughts on it? I mean, so what is I'm just googling now. What does everyone say about when when do we know the majority of teams are locked in? these are probably the ones that are going to be making the playoffs. Everyone says American Thanksgiving. At that point, you know that it's like, what is it? Like 75, 80% of the teams that are in the playoffs or out of the playoffs stay there. Now, we are, as of recording, exactly one week away from that. Next Thursday is American Thanksgiving, and the Edmonton Oilers are... Five nine and one, with eleven points. That's a lot better than they were for a bit there. They're on a three-game yeah. win streak currently, but they uh, they are not looking good right now. And even though I don't necessarily think he deserved to get fired, I mean, you gotta make you gotta make a change. You cannot miss the playoffs with guys like Connor McDavid and Drysaitel, especially this close to their contracts being up. It's it's now or never, and when you're losing that many games, I think you got to make that change. So, 
if it yeah. wasn't the right change, I don't know. But do I blame Edmonton for making it? Absolutely not. That was I. I completely that was a agree. massive skid. I I don't believe that Jay Woodcroft did anything wrong or deserved to be fired. But they were in a position where something had to change, and I mean, you know, people will point to Ken Holland and blame him. I think Ken Holland has done terrific things there. I think, you know, the Jack Campbell thing and contract looks bad. But at the time, I think every Edmonton Oilers fan was beyond pumped because they thought they had their their goalie the future with McDavid and Dreisaitl. Um Yeah. That was everyone's thoughts But again, at it's, the time. it's like even firing Ken Holland and bringing in a new GM, that doesn't change anything but changing the head coach the guy who's in that locker room the guy who's you know trying to rally the team and get them going and and helping them reach that next level I, I think just had to be changed and again I don't think Jay Woodcroft was doing anything wrong I think he was just ended up being in a very unfortunate situation where yeah. Edmonton couldn't get goaltending for the life of them realistically the Edmonton Oilers don't have at this current moment don't have an NHL caliber goalie in in their organization the, the way that every goalie's playing, they do not have... Yeah, they're not playing like it. Because I yeah. definitely think Stuart Skinner and Jack Campbell can both bring it back. Especially Stuart Skinner, because he's so young. But they... Yeah, uh, but, but what they're, they're getting, they're not getting... What they need right now. Yeah, like, um, just, just even from Jay Woodcroft, uh, just his time there this season with the Oilers alone. Um, let me just pull it up here to kind of see... Like the Oilers, um, like to start the season, they did not get any wins. I'm looking through their their whole thing. They don't have a single win so far this season where, and I, I mean, they don't really have many wins, but out of the wins that they do have, they don't have a single one where it's like, you know, the offense wasn't clicking, uh, just but the goalie brought it back. Add puck. Their goalie stole a game. Like every win yeah. that they've got, it's it's really been like the offense has just been thriving. There really isn't much. The goalie just has to at least be serviceable. Yeah. And if and you don't have a goalie that can steal you a game when things aren't going right, that that that's not a playoff team. That's not a team that yeah. should even not one be in fifteen games. Absolutely. Yeah. And, um, and and it's also. So, I mean, a lot of people are, are being like, the Oilers got to make a trade for a goalie, this and this. What team is really going to be sitting there super inclined to being like, yeah, I got I to go out. We're going to go out and help the Edmonton Oilers. Like, most teams are sitting there like, okay, we've got a goalie we could trade you, but you're going to have to give us a haul if you want to because we, we're not pressured to, to make a deal to, to improve the Oilers. I think yeah. if other t- GMs are looking at it and they're like, you know what? If the Oilers suck this year and McDavid and Drysaw get pissed off enough, there's a chance maybe we could make a move to get them. Like, there's just no teams are super inclined to go out and help Edmonton be better and be a playoff team unless they're getting an insane compensation for doing so. Absolutely. And uh, I'm not sure. I know we talked about it. I can't, I can't remember if it was on the podcast, but Jack Campbell's uh, comments on getting uh sent down to the AHL he he said they really came out that it really came out of nowhere and that he was surprised cuz he thought he was playing well i i think he was the only guy in the league who was that surprised 
an 873 save percentage over five games, one win, four losses, like 4.50 goals against. And like that's tough. In the, in the AHL so far, he's played three games. He's 0 and 3. He's got a zero. He's got a 0.819 save percentage and a 4.36 goals against average. He's allowed 13 goals against in three games in the AHL. I have seen a lot of people criticizing, uh, I guess, management in the Oilers um, because every time these guys eat shit, they get sent out there to the media to get eaten alive. And if it's not them, it's dry sidle out there, and they're going, hey, you got bad goaltending, what up with that? And I've seen a lot of people being like, man, I'm watching my team, and every single time our goalie has a bad game, they don't let, like, I know uh, specifically a lot of Canucks fans were saying, Demko never does post-media availability unless he got, like, a shutout, and he's feeling it. Because it's the game is so mental and especially mental for goalies. If well, especially they, in, in if they just got market. cold after three three goals on seven shots, and then you send them out there to talk to people, like that's that's rough, man. Like uh, definitely uh, partly yeah. on the goalies as well, but I would say partly on the management. You know, maybe maybe protect them a little bit. Kind of seems like a free for all yeah. in Edmonton. Yeah, and, and again, that's just one of the tough things of, of being in a Canadian market. That's, again, one of the reasons why Brad Kogutis decided not to um, come up and play in Canada for Canadian team because he, he didn't want to play in that Canadian market and be under the microscope and, you know, get called out for every single thing he does wrong. We've seen how very quickly the Toronto media and fan base has turned against John Klingberg and Ryan Reeves so quickly. Yeah. Their poor play. Like that, that's just the way it works in Canadian markets. And yeah, I think with especially with a team like Edmonton, where all the pressure is on them, you know, to win in this McDavid Drysidal era, especially when you see guys like, you know, Steven Stamkos um brought two cups to Tampa or or was part of the team. Uh, at least a big factor in their second cup win. But even like Sidney Crosby, uh, guys like Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves, uh, Ovechkin, like there's just so many of these players that were high draft picks in that franchise player and stuck around and 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 won with their team. And I think there's a lot of pressure on, on McDavid and Dreisaitl to bring a cup to Edmonton or two cups or something and and kind of finish that story there rather than leaving and and just going to say Toronto and joining their core and winning it there. It's just not the same thing as if they were to, to be those guys for Edmonton to end the drought for them. Yeah. I think think they get a lot of attention for that storyline alone. And that just kind of bleeds out into their, their surrounding players on the team. Yeah. I think a lot of people, they, they see it's happened, like you said, all those players a lot since around 2000. A lot of these really high picks, and especially first overall picks, stick with their team for a while, and they, and if they do move, it's later in their career, and they've already won a cup there, and, you know, they bring glory to the team that drafted them, but, you know, yeah, it doesn't always shape out that way, and it really doesn't have to. Like, if, if shit's not working out for you in one market, absolutely 
pack your bags if it's if it's just not going on there like yeah it's it's a really random how you end up you're just a good hockey player and then one of 32 teams gets you and you're just like picking up your life and moving there like whether yeah. it's the city or the team or the or the people managing the team there's plenty of reasons that a guy might like or dislike where he ends up so yeah it's uh it's uh based on recency i think there's a lot of pressure on them to win specifically in edmonton but i i wonder how much to them it's i want to win in edmonton and how much they're just like i want that fucking cup ring i don't care how i get it yeah and again it's tough when you know the oilers start off the way that they do and they make that coaching change but they're still so far behind like the canucks are 12 4 and 1 that's they're they're the they're third in the league, like twenty five points. That that is such a huge ground now for the Oilers to try and catch up because again, I think we kind of already established that uh, the Golden Knights and the Kings are kind of at least locking up two of those three Pacific spots. The Canucks are still just they're getting better and better. Like like as of right now, I mean J T Miller, Elias Pettersson, Quinn Hughes. All three of them tied for the league lead in points with 26. Brock yeah. Besser tied for first in the league in goals with 13. Quinn Hughes leads the league in assists. Pedersen is two. Quinn Hughes leads in plus minus. Thatcher Demko is tied for second in wins. Uh, fifth in goals against average. Fifth in save percentage. Uh, tied for second in shutouts. Like Their big guys are, are getting it done. They're going new. Those aren't like the they're all having MVP level performances. Yeah. It's incredible. Like it, it, this is just insane for the Canucks. And even if those guys have an off night, they still have good enough depth and a, still a balanced enough team between guys like Philip Peronik, uh, Connor Garland, Kuzmenko. Like they've got guys that can step up and and get it done if those top guys don't have a good game. And if the team's struggling offensively for a game, they've still got Demko who who can bail them out and steal them a game. And that's such a, a huge difference between Vancouver and Edmonton is even if you say, like, like on average, a playoff team gets what about, like say 40 to 50 wins somewhere in there, kind of give or take? Yeah. You got to assume average. out of that, say, just to be generous, a goalie for those teams probably steals at the bare minimum seven games. Yeah, I'd say I'd say at least there. five probably. And so if you if you put that the minimum say seven, that's fourteen points that the Canucks would would gain over the Oilers because the Oilers don't have the goaltending to steal a game for them, and especially I, and I think an issue is also the Sharks kind of expose them a bit. Like if the if the Sharks are that are a team that are I mean they did finally uh, put up a decent amount of goals tonight against the Blues when they put up five, but the Sharks were getting so many good opportunities against Edmonton. It's like if a team like San Jose can expose Edmonton that bad, you know, it, it, defense is probably also a bit of an issue. Yeah. Um, I, I, yeah, that's kind of all really I have to say about Edmonton. Like you know, I, I feel bad for Woodcroft. I think. The, the stats behind him, like the amount of wins, the playoff wins, the success the team's had under him, I think is incredible. I think it's really he just ended up in a horrible situation where the team really just wasn't getting goaltending. Um, yeah. 
and 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 it's tough. Like it, it's no fault of his own. I'm sure he'll, you know, within the next year, uh, probably next off season, even he'll he'll find his way to a new team. I think he'll go on to still have a very successful career. Just unfortunately, just didn't work out in Edmonton. Sometimes that's you know just the way it goes. Yeah. There's not much more he could have done. Yeah, who knows? Maybe the Sharks will pick him up. He's got connections to San Jose. Um, I'm also um, just looking here, anyways. and it's uh, it's interesting that uh, this is San Jose's fourth fourth win on the season, I believe. Third. Third, and all three of those have come at home. They're still winless away. Yeah. Which, yeah. Uh, might, people might look at it as a problem for them, but I think that's awesome that if they are the few games they do win, they're at least giving it to their home fans. Exactly like, right. If they're going to be few and, and far in between, give it to the home fans, not the away fans. I will say I'm also not a hundred percent sure um, because unfortunately I got the St. Louis feed, but it's starting to sound like, and this is really weird to me because Couture was fine in you know at the beginning of training camp. Uh, it sounds like he suffered a minor injury. It's just a little setback from what they said. Uh, the St. Louis reporter, or at least the one, the color commentary guy, was saying that uh, he spoke to Couture while they were in San Jose, and it sounds like there's a chance that Couture might not even play at all this season, which oh. I think is pretty bizarre because I didn't think it was that serious, and I don't think it is. I think he'll still return at some point. What's his injury um, again? I, no one knows. Oh, wow. Reporters have tried asking Couture when he was available to the media, and he just he, he didn't want to get into it. He didn't even really say what, what happened to cause it, so there's really no, nothing uh, out there about what his injury is. So it'll kind of be interesting to see whether or not he comes back. So I think if you, you know, the way the Sharks are right now, I think if you, you insert like Couture and Barabanov back into the lineup, who are both top players in your top six i think that makes a huge difference for the team uh but yeah so that's just maybe something to kind of keep an eye on and see if you know couture comes back at any point this season and if he does maybe if he's actually back and healthy we'll, we'll kind of get more more clarity on what was going on with him because it really no one really knows still yeah um, I got one more incredibly quick thing on the Oilers, and then one thing that relates to them, but it'll move to something else. Okay. Uh, uh, the first thing, um, I just saw a lot of people talking about this online. I figure it's funny enough to bring up. Uh, the streak of penis-related names of Edmonton Oilers head coaches continues. The streak is now at four. So they just... Woodcroft, Knobloch. And before that, before that was Ken Hitchcock. Hitchcock. I was going to say, I was like, what? I was like, it's not Tom McClellan. Yeah. Yeah. That, that is three in a row or four. Yeah. Yeah. They brought in the big knob. Some people, man, just go out of their way to find the silliest things to. Yeah. It was, it's really an off season, an off season thought for sure. Yeah. Um, The other thing I wanted to bring up was. As bad as their save percentages look, they are not as bad in Edmonton as some people might think. Um, just because, uh, going through here, so I'm going to start at the, let's go the last 10 years. So I'm starting at 2014-15, and I'm going to read till this current season's current stats. So th okay. these are the league average save percentages. 
I'm surprised not only at how much they've changed, how freaking high they were. This is 1415, a 915 save percentage. That's league average. That's not damn. That's almost a borderline elite to me, but that's average back then. 1516 is also 915. Then it goes down to 913, 912, 910, 910, 908, 907. 904 last year and this year 903 so it's still going down it just keeps going down yeah the, the scoring in the league just keeps going up year by year like if it goes down a couple more points 900 is going like a lot of people act like if it starts with an eight it's not nhl caliber the average right now is 903 so if you're sitting at yeah. like an 899 or an 898 you're not that far off you're a little mm. under average sure but it doesn't mean you can't yeah. have a job in the NHL. And, like, so, like, in the mid-90s, like, you know, some of the, a lot of these years, like, 93, 94 was a 895, 94, 95 was a 901, 898, 905, 906. Like, yeah. we're not super far off from the safe percentages of the mid-90s. Like, if, <laughs> if they keep going, like, Guys, like, I mean, we just saw McDavid put up, what was it, 153, 154 points in a season? Like, yeah. the, the, the days of that being super rare might be, might be coming to an end. I don't think ma many guys will be getting that, but, you know, maybe the second to fifth guys in, the, for, in scoring in the league could all reach 115, 120, and McDavid could put up whatever he wants. Yeah. Yeah, no, like it, it. It's definitely becoming a lot more difficult for goalies. I just think if you've got a goalie that's really like, and again, that's just the average. But I think if you're getting a goalie throughout the course of a regular season being your starter, if he's below 900 save percentage, that's probably not a team that's going to win the cup because I think no. you need a goalie that that can can be solid, stand on his head, and at least give you an above 900 in the playoffs. Uh, so, but again, like I, I agree with what you're saying. I don't think it's as bad for the Oilers with their goaltending as, as it's being made out to be. But it, it's definitely not anything they can win a cup with. Yeah, I completely agree. Just just pointing out that five yeah. years ago it was average was nine ten. Now it's nine oh three. So it's like, you know, go look at save percentages nowadays with the knowledge of nine oh three being the average. You know, it's. Yeah. Uh, if a guy has a nine ten, he's not he's not average anymore. He's he's pretty damn good. He's a solid starter. So, mm -hmm. I, yeah, uh, I just saw that stat earlier, and I thought that was interesting. Um, something actually that I just kind of thought of. Uh, I thought of two things actually that have, are kind of going on in the league right now. So the first one is uh, Patrick Kane. It's now been reported that. You know, he's, he's kind of starting to meet with some teams and starting to try and narrow down where he's going to sign. Uh, it's kind of sound like within the next two weeks, um, he'll probably be signed somewhere. Um, you know, there, there's multiple teams that are that are out there right now, like Toronto is one, uh, Detroit, Buffalo, obviously, Florida. The New York Rangers are now out of contention for Patrick Kane by the sounds of it. Oh, okay. Uh, what what do you kind of make of this? Like, what 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 do you what do you think Patrick Kane is going to bring to, um, a team? And what do you think a contract may look like? 
I guess it first it really depends how much he's been, you know, has he been enjoying a couple months off that he hasn't had in the over 15 years or is he has he been training like crazy cuz that makes a world of difference especially at the age he's getting to. What is he? Probably 34, 35. He, he turns he turns 35 in 2 days. There you go. It's uh, the biggest thing I have with Kane is the fact, so he's coming off the hip surgery that both Ryan Kessler and Nicholas Backstrom got. Right. And we saw with Ryan Kessler after that surgery, he really wasn't ever able to come back at the level he was. Nicholas Backstrom, we talked about him uh, two weeks ago, that he has now stepped away from the Washington Capitals um, just due to not feeling right after the surgery. He might never even play again. I'm not sure. And I think that's a big thing that, especially in a world where in the NHL now where cap space is so important and bad contracts really hinder teams. I think with Kane coming off this surgery and again, going to be 35 years old, I really don't see any team. Like, I think we're going to see Kane sign a, a one year deal at, yeah, you know, one and a half million or something, which I think could still be very, very good value, but I just don't see any teams willing to be like, yeah, we'll give you a, a three-year deal at four million dollars or something. Absolutely, uh, because I not only do some some of those teams year. not, yeah, like and some of those teams don't even have the cap space or anything like Buffalo does. But again, yeah. I think teams are just going to be a little bit too weird and be like, you know what? I, I sign a one-year deal with us. If it works out, we'll give you an extension. You can we can just we can do the Joe Thornton route that he did with San Jose. Just keep signing one-year deals and just and just stick around with us. And as long as things keep rolling. We're more than happy to have you. But I think that's just, again, coming off that surgery is just is so, so key that teams don't want to go out and give up a lot of money. And then even if he's, you know, can still keep playing, but he's not performing, that's, that's, that's dead cap space at that point. I, I think that's just for some teams, that's just too big of a risk. Yeah. To, I to definitely give out, to give out a big contract. Year. He, he's yeah. definitely going to get one year, at least on this one. Uh, I think he's going to still try and get a bit, a good chunk of change. I think he's going to try and get, you know, four mil at least. Um, he's going to try, oh, and, and I don't, I don't blame him. He ends up getting. Um, yeah. And, you know, if he goes somewhere and puts up, you know, 40 points in the next 60 games or something like that, uh, I, could, I could see a team bringing him back if he does that well and giving him, like, you know, two, if he's really good, maybe three years, but at still a low cap. Um, yeah. But yeah, I definitely think it starts with a one-year contract. As for how he I, plays, I it, it, a lot of what Kane does is helped by his skating. And if that's hindered at all by the surgery, that's going to take a pretty big blow because he's already yeah. been declining pretty bad defensively uh, on top of, you know... Defense never being a strong suit. He's got like 1,300 career points. Mm. So, yeah, I guess we'll have to see. You know, some guys are just, they're, they're so good and they just can't make it because they're defensive liabilities at this point. And, you know, that's why it took forever for Barry Boulay to get a real shot in the NHL because he just kept bouncing around because... He'd get called up. He score. He'd get three points in four games. Then he get sent back down because he was just such a defensive liability. So, 
yeah. if he can if he can still move out there, I think he's still got three four yeah. years left at least. And that's but, huge, you know. Kind of all the teams, aside from, I think Buffalo currently at this moment that are, um, in contention are all are all you know teams that are going to be in playoff contention or at least in it as of right now. And adding a guy like Patrick Kane can do wonders for the, for those teams. So it'll be interesting to see uh, where he eventually uh, where where he ends up signing, because it kind of sounds like we'll know within the next two weeks. Um, yeah, where where he's going. Uh, the yep. second thing, a um, lo- little bit of n- local news, uh, Nikita Zadorov has requested a trade out of Calgary. Um, this coming after their game against the Maple Leafs, um, it ended up coming out pretty pretty quickly afterwards that that he wants out. Uh, what are you, what are your thoughts on on Big Z wanting out of Calgary? Oh, it's just upsetting, really. Uh, not because Zadorov personally or anything. It's just. Oh, it it sucks. We live in Calgary. We know so many Flames fans, so many friends and family. And people just yeah. keep wanting to get the fuck away from this team. And it sucks to watch. Yeah. Like, it it really sucks, especially how good they were as little as two to three years ago. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean everything kind of comes back rough. to that, that, that hell of an offseason where... You know, Johnny Goudreau walks. Uh, Kachuk doesn't want to stay, so they tried to trade him. I don't, again, you know, it's Conroy's kind of stuck with the mess tree living made. I don't blame them for, you know, at the time it looked awesome getting Huberdeau, Uyghur, and a first for Kachuk. You know, Uyghurs look That's an absolute king's flames. ransom for a dude asking out. That is, that is yeah. regardless of how it shaped out, I still think that was an absolute gangbusters move on his part. Yeah. With the knowledge we yeah. all had, yeah, and and then now it's just a tough position for the Flames, really, because you know you can't really just start. I mean, you've got you know Zadorov who wants out. It kind of sounds like you're probably gonna lose um, Hannafin now. It sounds like they were pretty close to to having a contract extension signed for him, and then the Flames, you know, stopped because they wanted to focus on this season and and try and turn things around first uh it's kind of going 50 50 since then but i think they probably lose um hannafin now probably lindholm and again it's tough because you i think you can only really try and go for a retool like you can't do a full rebuild um, they have too many guys long term like three yeah, huberdo and uh Eager. mark Uyghur Markstrom like that's there's too many guys long term you have the core there yeah uh yeah it's rough and I mean and and the thing is is so you the more you look at like it it sucks losing a guy like Elias Lindholm but the thing is is if you keep him like what is he he's 30 years old right now so to keep him you probably have to give him an eight-year extension at probably around nine million dollars and that's like I love a Elias Lindholm, I think he's awesome in Calgary, but that contract would end up looking bad. That would, near the that tail would be worse than the Huberto contract. Yeah, like, and and with Sidorov, I mean, like the Flames kind of have to trade him now. Like he's on the final year of his deal. Um, I don't think the Flames owe him anything. Like I, I get if he wants out right away. If I'm the Flames, I'm sitting with him 
until they get the best possible deal because Zadorov had all offseason to want out uh, back at the draft. You know, the worst possible time, like around 10, 12 games into the season, you request a trade when teams kind of already have their rosters finalized. It's harder with cap space. Like he, he, he didn't do any favors to himself waiting to do it now. And so the Flames got it, and, and he's still a, a hell of a player. I, I think his trade value could even increase still. Um, I think it is pretty high for a guy like him. But if I'm the Flames, I'm, you know, they could wait till the trade deadline to make this move because you got to get the best possible return you can get for a guy like that who many teams are going to be all over trying to acquire. Yeah, absolutely. They definitely don't need to rush with this one. Um, yeah, one thing you said there that was interesting to me is uh, that I always hear is with uh, Hannafin how the the team was getting somewhere with contract negotiations, and then they said no, we want to focus on the season. Like, yeah, it. I don't know. It blows my mind that like these big organizations don't have enough people that you can delegate these things to, to somebody else getting it done. And like, well, and you, I think you can't, you can't do that and focus on the season. Like you're, you're the Calgary flames. You, you can't do those two things at once. Well, you know, I feel like that's kind of just a cop out thing. They say, I think the biggest thing is they're realizing yeah. like, okay, we're not winning with this team. We're not going to go out and just make drastic moves and lock up Lindholm and Hannafin with the rest of the core. They have, if this core can't even win regular season games and, be in a playoff position so i understand it and i think for guys again you know um i think tanev probably ends up getting moved just because final year of his deal so between tanev zadorov hanfin lintom you can get a lot of good draft picks or prospects coming back absolutely try and do a quick because again they got to try and do a quick retool on the fly you can't tear it down and do a rebuild you got to try and you know, move out some guys, bring in some different pieces and and try and do it on the fly. And it'll be interesting to see how Craig Conroy can navigate through that. You know, he's he's kind of been thrown into a tough situation. So it's gonna be really interesting to see how he can he he can make the most out of this now. Yeah. The that's the silver lining. All these pieces that want out are good pieces. That sucks, but that means they have value. Like you should yeah. be able to get a lot of stuff for these guys. Like, especially if they do some sort of sign and trade with Lindholm, like yeah. if you know you're getting Lindholm for three, four plus years, like that's, that's going to take some value for sure. So, yeah. and you know, uh, maybe a team like the Bruins, you know, I know the Bruins have been linked a lot with Lindholm. I don't know if, if that's officially or if that's just people thinking it'll work out because I think they that's just more lost so, a two-way yeah. center. I think that's more so people just throwing that out there, like Boston could be. And then and then there's also, you know, the rumors of Boston doing something with sending Allmark to Edmonton for Nugent Hopkins and, and something. Like, yeah. it, it's just very easy to link these forwards to boston because it's like they just lost their top two centers they're still looking very good even without them but just adding one of those guys could make them even better so i think that's just kind of the area that people kind of gradually turn to when when looking at some of these forwards yeah i think boston could be could be a very good fit for for a guy like lindholm 
Yeah, and I think absolutely. it kind of fits right in with with their team currently and the kind of the the core that they're they're trying to run with uh, right now for for the however long. Yeah, but it, when- it, it, yeah, it, it's it's just tough for for the Flames organization, Flames fans, like all these players that they've kind of you know l- come to love over over the last couple years, and you know having them one out and whatnot like that's that it, that's tough like that's that's not easy for for fans especially fans that are as diehard as we've seen flames fans are yeah like it's one thing to just eat shit and lose right but when it's yeah. the players want you know kachuk like god this city loved matthew kachuk and with a full year left on his contract said get me out of here like that blows like, I think a big part that I think kind of the the initial downfall of what really started, like obviously the Kachuk Goudreau thing really hurt them. But I, I always I just keep looking back now and looking at how good Sean Monahan is looking with Montreal. It just blows my mind that Calgary was like Monahan's been our number one center for the last you know eight or so years he's one of the top players out of his draft class he's kind of our our franchise center that we are rolling with and just because of injuries to get out of one year of his deal they ship him off to montreal with a first round pick if you're trading your you know that your guy that was your number one center for that long well he's still kind of in his prime just because of injuries and you have to attach a first round pick to get rid of him like that is that is just tough just take like, yeah if it's that if it's only one year and the cost really is one first dude just deal with it for the year yeah like it's it's similar to the canucks you know they had one year left on on the oliver ekman larson contract and they traded for all these other bad ones or whichever whichever no, they, it was, it was the canucks the gave up left. the canucks got rid of um it was Jay Beagle, Louis Erickson, and Roussel, all their deals. They all had one year left on the deals, but it was like yeah. 13 million in cap space between them or something. And a first round pick, which was the ninth overall pick for which is a really good Oliver Ekman Larson and Connor Garland, who ended up buying out Oliver Ekman Larson. And it kind of sounds like they're trying to trade Connor Garland. So that's just, again, that's one of those deals that just looks so terrible for the Canucks rather than just. Yeah using that ninth overall pick, getting a great player like a Dylan Gunther that would probably be thriving with their team currently yeah. just to get out of all those, that those one year lefts of bad contracts. And now they're paying Ekman Larson, you know, out the remainder of his deal. Now they got to be stuck with that cap penalty. And like, yeah, that's just one of those deals that looks terrible for the Canucks in the end, which kind of looked like it was actually a pretty solid deal for them initially. Because it was like Oliver Ekman Larson is a defenseman they could use. Connor Garland was was looking awesome with the Coyotes, but again, yeah, it's just one of those trades that down the line just starts to look worse and worse. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, is that? Uh, do we have much more that we wanted to go through? Um, I don't think so. I think kind of all that took up a lo- actually quite a bit longer than we thought. Um, but I know you you did have something you wanted to. Yeah, I had, had. A, I had a little thing before we get into that. Um, usually I'm going to try and start doing these around the top of the show. But uh, this time it'll be down here 
later on. Um, just listing off some of the stat leaders, uh, like you said earlier, uh, points leaders, we got 26 apiece for Quinn Hughes, Pedersen, and Miller. And we got uh, Artemi Panarin, David Pasternak, and Nikita Kucherov just behind them. Yeah. Uh, hello. There we go. Got to figure my it out. Yeah, my computer is having uh, ma massive issues just trying to load the page that I was already on. I switched tabs and it's very upset at me. Because Quinn Hughes' balls are so big this season. It's just causing your computer to crash. Can't handle them. He's been like, so actually, good, though. He has, he been, has been really good. Great defensively, like, too. It's insane. Yeah, like, like yeah. right now, like, it, it's looking so clear. Like, he's, he should, like, if he maintains this, man, he's going to have just a record-breaking season. And, like, he's going he's gonna to win the Hart Trophy <laughs> if he keeps it up. Yeah. And he's, like, it, it could be, you know, assuming things go the way that they have been going. And I kind of hope they do because I, like, I, I don't mind the Canucks. I'm a big Quinn Hughes fan. Like, Quinn Hughes could not only win the heart, but could be a, a unanimous Norris Trophy winner. And to do that, when you got guys like Adam Fox, McAvoy, McCarr, like all these, all these, and there's still numerous other great defense in the league. Like, just Quinn Hughes is playing yeah. at a level that's miles ahead of all of them. Yeah, and it's when it when he was around 13, 14 points, it was like, wow, he's doing really good. Now we're at the point where it's like he's done it for a while now so yeah. it's pretty impressive um for goals we got a three-way tie as well 13 apiece for brock besser kyle connor and austin matthews uh plus minus <laughs> quinn hughes at 18 brayden McNabb and alexander barkov in second both with 13 quinn hughes is yeah. five above the next guy yeah uh gorgiev is in the lead for wins with nine Save percentage goes to Jeremy Swayman with a 944. Nothing to sneeze at there. Uh, Swayman almost also leading with a goals against average of 169. Nice. Nice. And all right, that's the players. Let's go to some of the teams. We got uh, the Boston Bruins leading the Atlantic with 26 freaking points. And we have the Florida yeah. Panthers with 21, Red Wings with 19, Leafs with 18, tied with Tampa with 18, Canadians with 16, Sabres with 15, and Sens down all the way at the bottom <laughs> with 14 points, which is still yeah. not horrible. Uh, the Rangers, didn't know they were doing this well either. Jeez. Yeah, 23 they've points. Been, they've been they've on been a roll. Cooking. I'm 9 0 oh, 1 in their last 10. So I guess that'll do yeah. it, huh? Uh, yeah. Rangers with 23 points. Caps with 18. Hurricanes with 18. Devils 17. Flyers 17. Penguins 16. Islanders 15. And the Blue Jackets with 12. Over in the Western Conference, we got the Dallas Stars with 23. Avs with 20. Jets with 18. Coyotes with 18. Nice start to the season for Arizona. Uh, 17 for the Blues, 12 for the Wild, 10 for the Blackhawks, and 10 for the Preds. And then we have the Pacific, 27 points for the Golden Knights, 25 for the streaking Vancouver Canucks, 21 for the Kings, 18 for the Ducks, good for them. 
16 for the Kraken, 14 for the Flames, 11 for the Oilers, and 7 for the Sharks. Yeah. Yeah, that's... Yeah, um, uh, if you're listening before, for your team, it's in there somewhere. Before, before we hop into the last thing you had here, um, one of the yeah. things we want to try to do a little bit more, we kind of talked about, we kind of rambled on about some other stuff uh, a bit longer than we thought, but something we're trying to do is... Maybe second one, maybe take a little bit of time to just talk about just random teams around the league and kind of assess where they're at and different things. Um, again, like there is, you know, 32 teams in the league. So it is kind of tough to, uh, you know, talk about every team and, and give give uh, some airtime to, to every team and to those fans who listen and want to hear us talk about their teams. Um, so for anyone out there, you know, if there's if, if we don't talk about your team enough, or, you know, there's things you kind of know about your team that we don't, you know, feel free to always um, shoot us messages on, you know, Instagram or Twitter slash X or, you know, tag us and stuff, uh, you know, yeah. re reach out to us and, and kind of let us know, you know, what your favorite team is, um, some things you want us to talk about. Because again, like it's just there's 32 teams. So it's tough for us to kind of you know, be in the know on everything with every team and then still find that time in the episodes to to talk about all these teams and whatnot. So if you want us to talk about your team, just feel free to, you know, start throwing stuff at us. And, uh, you know, we yeah, will, any, anyone who... Give a DM, a public tweet, like, whatever you want. Tag us in, whatever. Like, we're, and we're, we're still, here to I mean, we're, we're not naive. We know we're still kind of in the early stages of of this whole podcast and it getting off the ground. It's, 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 it keeps trending up where if you want to be one of those first people in the end, you know, if you throw anything at us, we are for sure going to see it and we will for sure um, yeah. talk about it. And we will, we will bring, you know, whatever you offer to the table for us, we will bring it on here, um, discuss about it. So if you want us to talk about your team more or your favorite players or whatever you want, just feel free to uh, tag us and stuff, message, just throw stuff out there. We will see it and we will uh, do our, our very best to, to talk about it as much as possible. And you can find us over on both Instagram and Twitter slash X at S E U hockey. Uh, just Google that on, or I guess can't really Google it on there, but go in the search bar, search it up. You will find us. We're, we're starting to slowly become more active on there and yeah, anything you throw at us, we will see. And yeah anything you throw at us we will see and we will 100 talk about that is the stick em up podcast guarantee brayden you've got the the final topic subject of of the episode yeah. what do you got for us yeah um one other thing i just wanted to tag on what you were uh, going right there like you know we as hockey fans we know a lot of other hockey fans but like ones that i know personally so that like i keep up a little more like I'm a fan of the Lightning. You're a fan of the Sharks. We know plenty of uh, Calgary and Oilers fans. Quite a few Leafs fans. Some Canadians fans. A couple Pittsburgh fans because of Crosby. Other than that, I'm looking at all these other teams. A couple Canucks fans. That's uh, that's about it. Like so. Yeah, like I want to fan to any team that we didn't just name. Absolutely, hit us up for. Yeah, like I want the Dallas it. Star fans, you know, telling me what's going on with them. I want the Columbus Blue Jackets fans, you know, maybe giving us their thoughts on what's going on with Goudreau and Liney there. You know, why aren't things clicking there? I would love to hear from 
St. Louis Blues fans, like, is are you still a fan of Bennington or is he a big crybaby? Like, it's just and anything to throw out there to get us talking about your team, getting us interacting with you. You know, you throw us a DM, we're going to respond. We'll talk hockey with you. Like, we we just want to get engagement and, uh, you know, talk about some teams that just maybe don't get as much love as, as maybe you guys feel that they should. Yeah, absolutely. Um, also, um, big oh. shout out tonight, Capo Kakinen, 45 saves against the Blues. Ooh. That's his first win in his last nine starts, and he balled out. So 978. For a guy, for a guy that I constantly shit on, like I do a lot, and it's and it's it's fair. I am within my right to do that, but I got to give credit where credits due. He balled out tonight against against a Blues team that's that's been good this year as well. Fair. Yeah. I talked about the Blues in a in a good way because I don't do that very often. You're uh, anyway. Inspiration. What do you, what do you got here for us? Um. So the other day, I was just uh, I was just hanging out, and I I was just thinking to myself, there are all kinds of players around the league that I have random opinions on. Some of them are like specific reasons, and, uh, whether I like them or don't, and some of them are completely vibes based. I feel like they're a good player, but I don't really know. I don't watch them that much. Some of them I just like naturally. Some of them I dislike naturally actually so um i'm just curious to see so i've got a bunch of pairs of players and i'm just going to list them off to you and i just want you to say the name of the player that you would say in general you like more well what do you mean like more like me personally or like which yeah. player i'd rather have on my team no this has nothing to do with who is the better actual player liking. yeah okay. like if these guys i would cheer for more yeah, if one of these yeah. guys were to trip and have their pants fall down outside, uh, which one would you not want this to happen to? I'm basically just going to view it from the perspective. If, if it was these two players, which one would I want to see more on my favorite team? Yeah. Which honestly kind of fucking sucks for me because every time uh, one of my favorite players ends up... And this has happened to me three times now. Um, in the last like eight years as a Sharks fan, where one of my favorite players who's not on the Sharks comes to the Sharks and it just it doesn't work out. It's happened with uh, Mikhail Bodker, Eric Carlson. You know, I mean, it was up and down and then Mikhail Granlund kind of getting him at the tail end of his prime. So I just have bad luck with that. But let's hear these players. Yeah. And you know what? If people like hearing this uh, this little segment, maybe we'll do it again with uh, some maybe some more depth players kind of thing because the, yeah. these guys are almost all stars or at least we got to give love to depth names. players. Depth players yeah. need love; they're just so right. important. I'm gonna I'm gonna pressure you on this a bit. Uh, as soon as I'm done saying the second name, I'm gonna start counting. You got five seconds to to give me your gut reaction. You don't have to think about okay. it too hard. Okay. All right. First one, Sidney Crosby or Connor McDavid? Sidney Crosby. Uh, Steven Stamkos or Alexander Ovechkin? You're going to hate me, but Ovi. I, I figured you'd say Ovi. Uh, Kale McCarr or Adam Fox? Kale McCarr. Austin Matthews or Nathan McKinnon? I'm a, I, I'm a Canadian, but Austin Matthews. 
Ooh, he went His with AM and whatnot. Cheeks, like, come on. There, there was a lot of people. When I posted this on Reddit. There was a lot of people who picked Matthews specifically because he's he's just got that personality. Uh, yeah. Leon Drysital yeah. or Nikita Kucherov. Nikita Kucherov. Jack Hughes or Elias Pettersson? Oh, that's the toughest one. Uh, Pettersson. Oh, he did go Pettersson. Almost everyone unanimously said Jack Hughes on that one. Yeah, I uh, scrambled a bit and went with with uh, with Pettersson, but they're both they're both really good players and both seem yeah. pretty cool. Uh, Matthew Kachuk or Brady Kachuk? So if you asked me this two years ago, I would have said Brady, but after the playoffs last year, I'm going with Matthew. That's fair. That's fair. Because that, that playoff uh, run was just insane, and my respect level for him went through the roof. That's fair. That's absolutely fair. Uh, Braden Point or Johnny Goudreau? Braden Point. Quinn Hughes or Rasmus Dahlin? Quinn Hughes. Anze Kopitar or Claude Giroux? You know what? Even though I'm a Sharks fan, Anze Kopitar. Uh, Evgeny Malkin or Corey Perry? (laughs) As a Sharks fan, Evgeny Malkin. (laughs) Artemi Panarin or Mitch Marner? Mitch Marner. Boone Jenner? Or Tomas Hurdle. Well, obviously Hurdle. I, I mean, I yeah. love Boone Jenner, but obviously Hurdle, my, my favorite player in the league. So, uh, Eric Carlson or Victor Hedman? Eric Carlson. That's fair. Kyle Connor or Mika Zibanejad? Kyle Connor. Probably Kyle Connor, my top three favorite players, not on the Sharks. Outside of the Sharks? Yeah, I kind of figured. You every every time I get him in fantasy, you are all over me. Yeah, can't believe I didn't take him this year. Uh, Miko Rantanen or David Pasternak? Uh, Pasternak. Ooh, that one kind of surprised me a little bit. Uh, John Tavares. Yeah, a lot of people or think I'm a Pasternak hater, but I'm not. No, you just you just Dang. roast him on Twitter, and it's and it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, John Tavares or Mark Stone? No. That's a tough one. That, uh, I mean, I, I mean, John Tavares, like, obviously, but, like, I'm not happy picking that. That's, that one's actually funny because a lot of people online were pretty easy to pick with that one. But, yeah, because you don't like Tavares because he kind of screwed over the Islanders, right? Yeah, but obviously and again, you don't like, like it, it was within his own right. I just I just don't like the way he handled it. Like, again, I th- I think Tavares was 100 percent in his right to do what he did. I just don't like the way he went about it. But Mark Stone, like, first yeah. of all, he plays for Vegas. Second of all, he's, in my opinion, the biggest crybaby in the league. So I, I would not pick him. I don't think really? there's many players I would pick Mark Stone over, actually. Really? Biggest crybaby in the league. I see you haven't seen Tim Stutzel play. Well, he's no, up there. No, he's, you know, he's, he's just he's more of a really diver, good. though. He's just more of a yeah. more of a diver. 
Whereas Mark yeah. Stone will like, again, I, I don't know. I just think that's weird. Like if, if you're the captain of an NHL team and you're crying to the media about a hit that was made on you in a preseason game, like just a bad look, but he's got a cup. So he probably doesn't give a fuck what I have to say. What's, what's the next one you got? <laughs> Uh, the next one's an l- absolute layup for you. John Carlson or Brent Burns? Oh, Brent Burns. Brent Burns uh, all day. Big Burnsy. Alexander Barkov or Elias Lindholm? Elias Lindholm. Lindholm. I do like Barkov, you but... Yeah. You might be the Lindholm only person on the, on the Reddit post who <laughs> said Lindholm. A lot of people... I, I, I think that's a lot of that... Just me being from the from the area, I think. Really. I was to say a lot of people, I think, didn't choose him just because they're like, I never watch Flames games. Yeah. Uh, Jacob Truba or Evander Kane? <laughs> Jacob Truba. <laughs> only because you know, only because with Kane, you 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 know, you're getting more than just the player on the ice. You're getting all the off off ice baggage. So that's fair. Tom Still, Wilson. I loved him with San Jose, though. That's fair. Uh, Tom Wilson or Brad Marchand? Oh, Brad Marchand. Yeah, I figured That's you'd go with him. That's a guy I captaining my team. Uh, Jonathan Huberdeau or Kirill Kaprizov? Kaprizov. Uh, last one. Jordan Binnington or Tony D'Angelo? That's fucking rude. <laughs> I'm not answering. I'm abstaining. I'm not answering that. Because I don't want anyone to clip me, me saying I, I like that. this player. Yeah, I, I ain't people, picked him. Uh, that one, the Wilson Marchand and the Truba Kane, a lot of people were upset that I put those in there because they're like, I don't want to answer this. See, yeah, that's, that's funny, though. Like, those are fun ones to, to throw with- in there. Yeah, I was just curious to see, like, is there one that they blatantly hate more or like, but a lot of people answered all of them. And those three were just like, no, nah, I'm, I'm not answering a bag of pucks. You know what? I, I will say this. Jacob Truba gets a lot of hate fairly for some of his dirty hits and whatnot. But on an off ice perspective, a lot of the stuff he did in Winnipeg and stuff he's now doing in New York, I think is awesome. I think, again, like, I, I think when he's on the ice, I think he's a tool. I think he takes exception of vulnerable players. But a lot of the stuff he does off ice is is really cool and is awesome. So I will give him respect for that. Um, because, again, that's just something, again, that a lot of people always just hate on a player for their on ice stuff. But a lot of the stuff players do off ice, I think, does matter. So I will give Truba his credit there. Whereas, yeah. whereas Kane, I mean... You know, you've it's a one to 20 ratio of good off ice things to bad off ice things. So, but Bennington and D'Angelo, I'm not, I'm abstaining. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, If I had to pick, because I'm maybe there's people who want to know, I would pick Bennington just because obviously I'm not going with D'Angelo just based on all his off ice stuff. Yeah, Uh, Bennington, all of his stuff is, is on ice stuff. That makes me dislike him. Um, off ice, I don't really know much about him, but D'Angelo's on uh, off ice stuff is is far worse. So yeah, I'll pick Bennington. I don't like Bennington, so nothing can get clipped there now. 
Personally, that's uh, I was surprised that because I knew a lot of people would say Ovi, but I was surprised how many said had Ovechkin over Stamkos, just because generally I feel like a lot of people around the league like Stamkos, but you oh, know, because yeah. Oh, yeah, I, I, I just I generally is, dislike I Ovechkin them. just because you know the whole Putin thing. He just seems like a bit of a wanker like that, like. I just give ice a lot aside of respect because he's for... incredible on the ice, obviously. Yeah. I give a lot of respect to Ovechkin. Him and Malkin are kind of the two Russian players that I really look at. These are guys that, you know, have never wavered since being in the league. They constantly are like, no, like I'm, I'm not just upping and leaving to Russia at any point. Like I want to play in the best league in the world and go up against the best. And so I'm going to, I'm going to, stick around the NHL and do that. And I have a lot of respect for, for those. Um, Cause we, we've, we see a lot of Russian players that, you know, will be on making lots of money in the NHL or doing good. And then they'll just uh, up and leave and go back to Russia because they can. And Ovechkin and Malkin are two guys that, that haven't done that yet. They're getting into the, you know, kind of the last couple of years of their career and are still uh, sticking around. So I have a lot of respect for, for those two. Yeah, that's definitely fair. Yeah, you know your uh, your Koval Kovalchuks and whatnot uh, heading back to yeah. Russia. Also, um, um, if there's anyone who who liked this little segment we did here, um, you know, maybe we'll, you know, if, if if you want or you know, if people let us know and say they like it, maybe in the future we'll we'll do this again and maybe try doing it with again maybe depth players, uh, maybe coaches. Or maybe we'll just tweet them, tweet out one, one matchup like, at a time. Oh, yeah, and see like, what people. So, something like that. Want. There's no shortage of of players we can do, or again, we can do coaches or something like it's. Yeah, uh, or we could even get get freaky with it. We could do something like uh, these two teams' logos. Which logo do you like more? Type of thing. Like there, there's numerous ways we can go about kind of doing these. A rapid pick one type of thing so i mean if, if you like it let us know we'll i think we'll we'll, we'll gladly uh, kind of keep doing stuff like this yeah i uh i was surprised that uh not surprised i was surprised how many people uh picked that they like dry over kucherov just because kucherov uh i'm, I'm not gonna say his game's clean but he's a lot less dangerous no. since around 2020 uh as, yeah. Especially with the frequency of dry sidle chopping at people. I mean, the but, first thing when you said those two, I just think of Kucherov's uh, Stanley Cup. Uh, the, the the press conference. The, the press conference afterwards. Like, that's just phenomenal. And again, I think that's just, again, that's just stuff you don't really see as much from NHL players. And Kucherov, you know, like, normally would never be like that. But again, you know, you're pounding back Bud Lights and whatnot with the boys after a cup win and whatnot. Like those are just interviews that you don't normally get in hockey. And so for a player to give that yeah. to us, I think is just awesome. Yeah. I hated everyone hating on him for saying that. Cause like that was the most character we got in years out of the NHL. And we're yeah. so in the NHL compared to other leagues, we are starved for that kind of star power charisma guys, just being funny, doing go going outside the box. Like, it's uh, not something we get a lot. Thing, and that's, that's, that's still one of the biggest differences between 
you know, NFL players, NBA players compared to NHL players is NHL players just want to, like we talk about play hockey, you know, get their money. And that's it. They don't want to be the harassed by people. They don't want to be, you know, constantly badger stuff. They just want to live a normal life and play hockey. And so if we're slowly starting to see more and more players have those bigger personalities and whatnot, which is awesome. And so I think it's unfair that Kucherov gets a lot of backlash for it because you know what? I think any any NHL fans sitting there being like, you know what? If I just won the Stanley Cup with my boys for the second year in a row, I'm pounding back beers. Yeah, I'm probably just going to be fired up in a press conference and say whatever I want because I'm on top of the world. And that's that's 100% within his right because he's a back-to-back Stanley Cup champion and a big part of, of winning those two. So. Because yeah. that, that interview is is just fire. Like it's in, it's so good. And not only that, built in rivalry every time we face the Canadians. Now, the yeah. place was booing so hard when we played them a couple weeks ago. When Kucherov, we, they just walked in. Kucherov one timer. He scored like like twelve seconds into the game. Like not only did we score right at the start, but it was also Kucherov. Like, dude, the crowd was pissed, and it was it was great. Like. Yeah, it just builds in a rivalry. Um, one more thing I just want to say very quickly is uh, shout out to the top comment on that uh, Reddit post that I made about this little thing that we just did. Uh, Wilson versus Marchand is like choosing gonorrhea versus chlamydia. Dude, actually, yeah. And I'm, then the I second top I'm, I'm, I'm was just softy for Marchand. Yeah. The but second top comment was just, uh, I don't know why, but I always fucking loved Ally Afraidy. Dude, I love Ally Afraidy. <laughs> which, which was a name I was not expecting to show up on there. And you know what? We can even do it with, with you know, an alumni. We can do it. Like, we can, we can do like a, a Yager and Steve Yeiserman or something like that. Like, we, we, we can go yeah. many different ways doing that. So, absolutely. If you want that, let us know. Because we now, will do it. Do you have any uh, particular alumni, guys from the 80s, 70s, 90s, that you just like, uh, just particularly like more? Not really off the top of my head. I'm sure once, if I kind of go through, I can, I can make a list of guys. But off the top of my head, like, there's, there's not really any guys that kind of stand out fully to, to me. Like, uh, a couple guys that just randomly stick out to me are, uh, I, I love Stevie Y, obviously, for what he did. Uh, helped in uh, town. Yeah. Um, but also, Timu Solani. I just always loved Solani. Actually, yeah. You know what? Mike Bossy is yes. arguably the, the greatest NHL goal, goal scorer of all time. Um, that, that's a hill I've been on for the longest time, and I haven't uh, left my post on there. I still firmly believe that, you know, if he played the amount of games that a lot of those other top guys did back then, I think he would have the, the NHL all-time goal score record, and it probably wouldn't maybe never be broken. Uh, I think just on, on the pace he was on for so long and what he was doing was, was just unmatched. Yeah. No arguments here. Yeah, but again, yeah, if you want to, again, want us to talk more about your team, uh, you want us to keep kind of doing these, these fun little segments at the end, I mean, I think we're still going to do them either way, but if you want to give us suggestions for what you want to see, Make sure to let us know again over on Instagram or Twitter slash X at SEU Hockey. Uh, tag us and stuff, tweet at us, uh, DM us, harass us, whatever you want. 
we'll see it and we will make sure to cover it. Uh, Brayden, you got anything you want to add um, in here before we hop off? No, that was uh, that was good. That way we covered pretty much everything. Awesome. Well, again, thanks to everybody for listening and we will catch you guys in the next one.